The local news crisis has become increasingly familiar to most, with AP News citing an average of two newspapers dying a week in the U.S. This last week, the crisis came to Santa Barbara, when last Friday, on July 21st, the Santa Barbara Daily News Press, a Pulitzer Prize-winning newspaper that's been in operation in the city since 1855, declared Chapter 7 bankruptcy. The paper stopped publishing, and every job at the paper has reportedly been eliminated. At over 155 years old, this paper has had a long history in the city. To fully understand some of the more recent events, the bankruptcy and the infamous news press mess of 2006, which occurred around six years after multimillionaire Wendy McCaw purchased the paper from the New York Times, I wanted to speak to someone with more personal experience in the matter. I was able to interview former Santa Barbara Daily News Press journalist Josh Molina about his experience working there and his perspective on the newspaper's bankruptcy now. Sure, my name is Josh Molina. I was a reporter for the Santa Barbara News Press from 1999 to 2006. And currently I work as a reporter for NewsHawk, which is an online newspaper. Okay, great. And then, as you know, the Santa Barbara News Press recently declared bankruptcy. Um, they've stopped publishing, and all the reporters have been fired. What was your thought process watching that as a former employee and then also as a Santa Barbara citizen? It's sad to see a newspaper go out of business. Even though the news press was very much uh, on a decline uh, over the years because of a number of issues, it's always sad when you have one less institution that is covering news. And this was a paper that had been around 155 years, and it was a community institution. And so even though the news press, when it closed, was very small, less than a handful of reporters, and just a shadow of what it once was, it still was journalism, so the idea that there was not an outlet anymore to uh, cover important news, to cover uh, government, to cover private business, to examine and study, to investigate, uh, you know, corporations, it's, it's sad. It's definitely a sad day that we have one less news outlet to, to potentially cover the news. Right, and you mentioned that the news press was on a decline due to a number of issues. Were there any specific ones that you were thinking of? Well, there's sort of a, a complicated history. There's a documentary called Citizen Macaw, which is on YouTube. And it came out in 2008 or nine, And you can now watch it on YouTube. But that chronicle sort of, the, the, the meltdown, as it's referred to. There were a number of journalists led by Jerry Roberts who resigned in the summer of 2006 over what they believed to be ethical intrusions into the newsroom by the, the owner. And so there were a number of people who quit. Uh, I quit three weeks after that, so at the end of July. And slowly... Pretty much everybody who had worked there quit or was fired. And so what you saw was a loss of these high quality, talented news 
Santa Barbara News Press used to be owned by the New York Times. So the New York Times had regional newspapers around the country. And the news press had staff who had worked at the New York Times or had worked at the regional papers. So it was a very, very high-quality paper, better than a market of that size would normally have. So this paper had won a Pulitzer Prize. It had won a number of investigative awards. It had covered all kinds of different news. But then after the resignation, uh, they lost a lot of talent. And then those who stayed unionized, and they were involved in a battle with the the company, you know, a a union battle. And so the journalism was very much diminished from what it was in its heyday. Now, uh, the other thing is that the news press, you know, they kept hiring reporters, but uh, there's a lot of journal. So it's, it's tough. Right. If you are a journalist, it takes some time to figure out your beat, to figure out your community. Even if you're incredibly talented, you can't necessarily be great your first six months or your first year. It takes time to develop those sources. And so when you have a high turnover rate, what happens is the news never gets covered beyond sort of that superficial level because there's always a new person coming in. So even though the news press had continued, it was not the level of in-depth recording that, that it had been. And it also sort of took a hard right conservative turn. And, you know, your people's politics are their politics, okay, whatever they are. But the, the news press was the first newspaper in the country to endorse Donald Trump for president in 2016. And so there was a significant backlash to that locally because Santa Barbara is primarily, at least from a registered voter point of view, liberal and Democrat and did not support Trump. And so there was this perception that they were going far right conservative. So there were a whole lot of reasons why the newspaper had fallen out of touch with what a majority of the community saw as as meaningful and impactful news coverage. Right. So I have heard about um, the news press meltdown or the news press mess, as it's called. But kind of going back to like earlier in your career at at the paper, you started working there during 1999. Am I right in saying that? Yes. Okay. Okay. So that was almost like right before Wendy McCall purchased the paper. so you came in at a really interesting time. I kind of wanted to know, was there anything from that leadership change that kind of affected you during your time there? Yeah. So um, I grew up in Goleta, right next to Isla Vista. I went to Isla Vista Elementary School for a couple of years. My family was renters, so we moved around. But the opportunity to work at the news press was a drain job because it was my local community newspaper. And again, it was owned by the New York Times. So it was, wow, this is a really big deal, big paper. So I started working there in 99. It was owned by the New York Times. Things were great. I really was involved in a lot of talented staff. And I learned a lot. Once the New York Times started to shed its regional papers, um, and Wendy McCaw purchased the paper, there was a lot of hope. There was a lot of optimism because the idea that there was a woman owner, you know, um, we don't see that very often in media. Uh, local owner and and somebody who was going to 
maybe allow for more, even more independence in terms of news coverage. There was a lot of optimism. So sort of that first year, we were sort of thinking, well, we're not owned by the New York Times, but maybe this is something that could be even better. Who knows? Because around that time, newspapers across the country were losing advertising. And so you saw investment companies purchasing newspapers. And what happens with that is sometimes the news coverage is jaded in a certain way that might benefit certain advertisers. So we were thinking, well, maybe with this local independent owner, we won't head down that route. And they hired uh, Jerry Roberts, who was former managing editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. So a big time paper coming to the smaller market. Things were great. Things were fine. Um, the, the situation kind of went off the rails. This is documented in Citizen Macaw when the actor Rob Lowe was going before the planning commission. He had a, uh, a vacant piece of land in Montecito and he was uh, going before the commission for development purposes, you know, in hopes of getting approval to develop land. And the News Press reporter, Camilla Barnwell, reported the address. It was a vacant piece of land. And so uh, it's pretty standard when you're doing uh, uh, planning, land use reporting, that you, you publish the addresses of things that you're writing about. You know, you want to let people know where these things are. Uh, well, uh, he did not like that because he felt as though it was potentially an invasion of his privacy and, uh, you know, could or, you know, eventually people would know where he lives, where his kids are. And so he didn't like the fact the address was in there. But keep in mind, the address was aired publicly at a government meeting, you know, an open meeting, a taxpayer-funded meeting that anyone could go, go to in his newspaper's job to report on those meetings. So that happened, and then he complained. I believe he canceled his subscription, and I believe he complained to the publisher, and that news got back to the owner. And so after that, there were letters of reprimand who, to that reporter and editors and anyone in that chain of command that had that story written and published. And so that was sort of this big moment where it was like, wait a minute, how is it that somebody who's prominent and famous and has this certain stature of the community could have a double standard for news coverage because certainly if we were reporting on any development in Isla Vista or the west side or the east side or Kalita, we would not consider the fact that somebody doesn't want us to have the address in. Journalism, you have to be fair to everyone. You don't give celebrities special treatment. And keep in mind, it was a vacant piece of land at the time. So that was what sort of set things off. And then from there, there were several other things that many people felt was an intrusion into the newsroom. And that's what, you know, sort of led up to eventually the big uh, resignation that Jerry Roberts was involved with. I looked into some of the ethical intrusions Melina may have been alluding to. According to the Santa Barbara Independent, after publisher Wendy McCall interfered in the newsroom story Melina mentioned, five newsroom employees walked out. The news press mess followed, with staff voting to join the Teamsters Union, McCaw opposing them joining, 60 other employees then resigning or getting fired, and eventually subscribers ending their subscriptions in protest of McCaw's actions. The paper and McCaw have been the subject of legal action since then, 
including a 2020 ruling in which an administrative law judge of the National Labor Relations Board ordered Wendy McCaw to pay $2 million to the Teamsters and nearly 50 newsroom employees in restitution for labor law violations going back a dozen years. Now, The Independent writes that McCaw owes around $3 million in back pay and raises, fines for hiring temporary workers illegally, and the interest that has accumulated since about 2007. So alongside yourself, um, did a lot of the journalists that left the news press at that time like end up going to other local publications? Well, um, so we have an alternative we'd call the Santa Barbara Independent. Right. Barney Brannyham was sort of the news press columnist, and he was an icon. And he had been at the news press something like 40 years. He wrote a column five days a week. Uh, he went to the Independent, and he continued his column. We had Starshine Rochelle, who's also the columnist and features writer, and she went over to the Independent. He continued her column. Everyone else sort of went different routes. Uh, there may have been others who went to the Independent, but those are the ones that I, the, the, the more significant names that I can recall. Um, some people went into PR. Um, I, I quit. Um, I had a one year old at the time. Um, you know, we had a mortgage and, it was tough to quit the job when you one day you have a paycheck, the next day you don't. But if you're going to be a journalist, you're, you know, your commodity, the thing you sell is credibility. So if you don't believe you're going to have credibility, it's really tough to do your job. And so um, I quit and I quickly looked for a job and I found a job at the San Jose Mercury News. So I was able to move to another newspaper in a very big market in the Bay Area and worked there for a couple of years. But Scott Adley went to 23andMe. You know, he was one of the people who resigned. Uh, other people went to newspapers in L.A., uh, uh, Oregon. Uh, there's a few people who are still in, in newspapers. And now I'm back. I came back in 2014. I started working at the online. Yeah, definitely a tough situation to be in. You mentioned some other pu- local publications like Best Be Independent, like some other um, local publications. Um, and obviously these are all important sources for local residents, And as was the SV Daily News Press. So how do you feel like the future of journalism in Santa Barbara is going to look like moving forward from this? Well, you know, one good thing about Santa Barbara is we do have a lot of journalists who really care and we have a lot of outlets and we're sort of bigger than our market and what i mean by that is we have the independent you know there's nick walsh who is a a very good reporter very good writer veteran and um you know he's solid and then we have myself at newshawk and we've got six former people who used to work at the news press who work at newshawk so um we have a strong crew there and we have EDHAT, which is citizen journalism, but it is information and they don't, you know, there's a lot of info they put out every day. And so that's a very popular site as well. And so we have uh, a lot of little local outlets for news. So I would say that the, the community in terms of news coverage has never been the same, not since Friday when the news press filed for bankruptcy, but going back to the original album when everybody went. So 
the idea that the news press is no longer publishing today is not really that big of a deal compared to a year ago or two years ago or three years ago because they had already been declining. So what we don't have is one main well-funded outlet that can cover every day in the community all the time. So, for example, I cover the Board of Supervisors. I'm sorry, I cover City Hall. I cover the school board. I cover the Board of Supervisors. The housing issue has come up. I cover issues when we have reporters who are spread thin. What we don't have is big one single staff where one person's assigned to the Board of Supervisors, one person's assigned to City Hall. And that's unfortunate. And so even though all the journalists do a great job and the, the independent owners, you know, the various owners do a great job, Newshawk, all the organizations, um, you know, journalism is expensive. It's tough. You know, if you want high quality people, you need to pay them. And if you want to launch now, you've got to find the resources to do that. And as we've seen in the industry, advertising is declining. People don't really advertise in newspapers the way they used to. And online ads are eddies on the dollar to a brick newspaper. And people have grown accustomed to it. Old generation has grown up thinking that news is free just by finding it on their phone. I, um, I teach journalism at Santa Clara City Beach call Oakley. And I always ask my students, where do you get your news? And they always say, Instagram, TikTok, um, you know, social media platforms. And I always say, well, who are the people partners of those platforms? And, you know, they don't employ journalists, uh, people with platforms. They're, they don't employ, but they ask people platforms. But that's very different than digging, dig, dig into local government. So I think that what we lose overall is what kind of what we lost 10 years ago, 15 years ago when the paper started its very quick decline, if we lose the ability to hold government accountable, to hold systems accountable, there is corruption, as we know, everywhere. But you have to fight. You have to look for it. Systems are broken. You have to shine a light on systems to find out what is wrong. But if you don't have enough power, enough firepower to shine a light, then who benefits? It's the people who have historically been in power and they don't want to share that. They don't want to give that up. So there's probably a lot of government people who are pretty pleased that we have one less. It is out, quite frankly. But the people who lose the most are, are just, you know, everyday people who want to know what government is doing and what, what private businesses are doing. Definitely. And that was my last question for you. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Uh, no, you know, I just say that we need to support journalism. We need to figure out a way to, to pay for journalism. If, if you're somebody listening and you, 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 you know, you might say, oh, well, we don't need another physical paper because it's bad for the environment. Okay. Fine. Right. I'm talking about content. Like we need journalists who are able to investigate, to uh, care about stuff enough that they spend their time digging. I mean, we have that recent freshman at Stanford who dug up 
all of this story, all of this information, wrote in a series of investigative stories and and led to the resignation of the president at Stanford. And that's a, that's what we need. We want that. So I would just encourage people to, you know, pay for news, uh, subscribe to news, donate to their local news. And, you know, we're not uh, firefighters or police officers. You know, we're not first responders. But journalists are absolutely essential to our democracy. Um, we, we hold police officers accountable. We hold firefighters accountable. And without us, our communities are not are not better. They are much worse. So we need to figure out a way to increase the stature of, of, of journalists because without them, the people who have power maintain their power. If the people who don't want to have the power are, are not hot able to access those systems, those seats at the table, the the divide at age. People will inherently just keep doing what they're doing. And so that's where journalists come in. And so I just want to say that anyone listening, respect your journalists, support your journalists, and do your best to help be part of the solution because our, our entire industry is, is declining. And, and, you know, we got Trump... We've got, and this is not about your politics, right? If you're, you're conservative, if you're liberal, whatever, we need to be able to hold our politicians accountable. And if we don't, we see what happens to our country. So that's pretty much it. Yeah, definitely, definitely important to have, um, to be funding investigations like that. With KCSB News, I'm Zoha Malik.